What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the All-22 Daily. I'm Chris Lombardi, and I have Ray Cotto. Let's keep this uh, wide receiver conversation going, Ray. Uh, feels like we have kind of like exact opposites of what we talked about yesterday today, right? Those guys were like the true route runners. Today, we're going to go with something a little bit different. And I'm going to kick it off talking about my boy Zay Flowers right off the jump. There's probably a lot of people uncomfortable with the fact that he played at Boston College against schools like UConn, right? And there's also probably a lot of people uncomfortable with the fact that he's my size. He's like 5'9 and 182 pounds. Uh, those, are, those are some serious negatives that people should consider. But let's start with the positives. So uh, he was a three-year starter, right? Had over uh, 2,500 snaps in college, which is a lot, especially compared to some of the guys we were talking about yesterday. He had a really nice athletic showing at the combine where he ran a 4.42, had 127 inch broad jump. Uh, both of those are in the 80th percentile. So really exciting stuff. You, you love to see that. And, uh, you know, it's electric, but his on-field performance is even more electric. His game is built around three things. It's built around shift, burst, and breakaway speed. So get the balls in his hands and let him do his thing. Uh, when he gets in a DB space, which he does constantly, he he makes them lose control, right? He you see him break these guys' ankles. His cuts are quick. His uh, he and he's basically gone, right? He'll break you down, and he's just gone. Uh, he doesn't run a complete route tree. That's another negative. So something that could really set him apart uh, from guys like Addison and Njigba, who are true route runners. Uh, this guy's just not right. Zay Zay's not that guy. Uh, but that burst, right? That burst is a separator for his, you know, as a strength for him, right? He has so much more burst than those guys do. More so Addison than uh, in Jigba, but I think it's a plus on both of them. Then looking at the numbers, right? I think NFL teams will eventually use Zay a lot differently than BC did. So he played primarily out wide. 66% of his snaps were out wide for BC. And rarely was he targeted behind the line of scrimmage. So those two areas alone, right? Those feel like huge misses, right? That BC uh, had using Zay. Uh, but while I think, you know, using him out wide is still a benefit, he should be coming out of the slot a lot more. I think that shiftiness in his game is tailor-made for the slot. And then just the screen game, right? Like there was no screen game on his film. And he's, again, he's tailor-made for that. He has that yak ability. He has that speed. He has that shiftiness that you want, right? Just get the ball in his hands quick and let him do his thing. And they did that on slants, but like very rarely behind the line of scrimmage with uh, with screens. Um, and I think that really affected his grading too. Well, that and another thing, his quarterback was was really bad. If you watch film, there are so many deep routes where Zay's wide open and the dude just underthrows him. So um, I see those things really affecting his grading. He never he never uh, reached above 76.1 as, as a receiver, his receiving grade. And, you know, like we're talking about guys like Jigba and Addison who were like, 90s right so like those guys are elite level grading but i actually had zay above and jigba on my big board uh i don't know if i'm crazy on that but ray you tell me am i am i crazy yeah no you're crazy on that um <laughs> uh, absolutely i i like zay flowers a lot um when you initially think of zay flowers and and you know him being five nine and, and what have you you immediately think, okay, he's got to be a small, shifty, yak guy with some good feet, uh, good speed, good feet, all that good stuff. And yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly right. I think he's the type of guy, if he goes to an offense like the 49ers, he's just like a straight menace. I could see them uh, giving him the ball on sweeps and giving him those yak opportunities, and he could just tear the league apart if he goes into a situation like that. He's Thank got God. the great... 
Yeah, thank God they don't. Thank God they don't have a pick until like the third round. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I know it's one of those things where it's it's it's, it's a sigh of relief for everybody. But um, yeah, good, good job, Trey Lance. Way to go. Uh, but uh, if they did, like that's that's a place where he would tear the league just apart. Really, mm-hmm. um, good stop start. Just get the ball in his hands is basically what it is, right? I mentioned it yesterday that the wide receiver position isn't that difficult. Get the defender thinking deep. Or just get him to where you need him to be in order for you to then make the break and run your route to where you want to go. Because Zay Flowers has such great speed, the threat of a deep pass is already there. So he's already giving himself that space to work with when he does run routes. And he is quicker and faster than whoever he's lined up against 90% of the time. And so he's able to manipulate them, even though his route running isn't so precise or nuanced or advanced. Because he's so quick and fast and shifty, he gets away with it to where they have to respect every move he makes. So any fake that he gives a defender, they have to respect it. And he knows it. And that's how he sort of creates his own separation. I think he will be limited to the slot in the NFL, though. Like like you mentioned, he did play a lot out wide. But I think in the NFL where space and real estate is at a premium on the outside and defenders know how to use that to their advantage, I think he's going to be moved wherever he goes into the slot to allow him to work with that space and create his separation like he does using his gifts. So uh, overall, yeah, good route runner, manipulates the DB well, which is, again, easy to do when you're that quick and fast. He does have, I think it was like 24 drops or 25 drops or something over his college career and has some fumbling issues as well. So that's a little bit scary. Um, But overall, I think he's the type of player that is just, he's fun to watch. You put him in a good offense. He's going to create big plays and you know what you're getting from him. There's, there's no real mystery to his game. Tell us about your guy, Quentin Johnston. Yeah. I feel like I keep getting these, these candidates that, that really conflict me. Uh, Quentin Johnson, so wide receiver that was pretty highly thought of throughout the uh, the pre-draft process and really heading into the 2022 season. And so he's six foot two and three quarters, uh, 208 pounds, has a big wingspan, long arms, uh, pretty big hands, a 40 and a half inch vertical jump, uh, and a really great broad jump as well, both in the 90 plus percentile for all receivers. So he's got explosiveness and spring in his legs. Uh, along with great size for a receiver. Uh, they actually, he was expected to kind of measure in closer to 6'4", 220. So uh, it's hard to say that being almost 6'3", and 210 pounds is a negative, but there were some people expecting more when it comes to measurements for his size uh, at the combine. But in general, I like the size. He's a good yak guy, uh, and I like the downfield potential he shows when it comes to getting behind the defense because he does it in a way where he's not necessarily using his speed to get behind a defense. It's more so I see him actually using his body to stack the DB once he gets uh, past his outside hip or something, if he was in press coverage, and using his body to gain positioning, not necessarily just to box him out, but to actually just get on top of the defender. And, and that's how he sort of creates those downfield catches that you see in his highlight tape a lot. Um, he doesn't consistently play as fast as he was hyped to be. And he didn't run a 40, which is a bit of a question mark on my end, because when you do watch him play, I kind of had in my head the notion that, okay, he's big. He's really fast. What else does he have? And I didn't quite see the speed. He was winning downfield, but not with speed. 
Uh, he's inconsistent at times with his release, but flashes really well at times. Other times he'll just get jammed hard, and that's a lot of surface area. You're talking a 6-3 receiver. If you're a good corner and press, you got a lot to work with there. So he needs to be a lot better and more consistent with his hands when he does release and press coverage. Uh, and he does have some drops. So that's another concerning thing as well. If you're big and you're not a burner, I'm going to need you to be consistent catching the football. And that's kind of hit and miss. Not necessarily a great route runner. Um, a lot of that is just due to his height, right? It's a lot harder for someone who's 6'3 to stop and start and really break down at the top of his route and then accelerate out of a break. Um, so kind of the anti-Smith and Jigba in that sense. And I'm just not sure what to make of him. Is he Christian Watson or is he Josh Doxson? I, I'm not totally sure. He has size. He has yak ability. But I feel like I have to convince myself of him as opposed to just being actually sold when I watch the tape on him. And I said this about Osiris Torrance when talking about offensive linemen, but Quentin Johnson sometimes plays like he's that big kid in the crew who wants to be the point guard. And it's like, you're not the point guard. You're the big guy play up to your size. And instead he wants to go ahead and, and, you know, hit R2 and, and make all these cool juke moves and stuff. And it's like, Hey, just, just run your route with some power. You're big, you're strong, you're physical. Just, just use it. You know, don't, uh, you don't have to be Dante Hall. And I feel like sometimes he, he does that with, with his routes and he doesn't, he's not efficient with his movements. So I think the best way to sum it up is it sort of depends if he goes into the right offensive situation in the NFL. I think he's going to need to be put in motion a lot to avoid press from NFL corners. And that will allow him to build up speed and force downfield in his routes to where those, those over routes he's really impressive on. And once he gets going and he does get the ball in stride, that's when he can use his size to break a tackle, shrug off those arm tackles, and then really create those big plays with his yak. I just don't think he can create his own separation. So he might be a scheme and situation dependent player in the NFL. I think to his benefit, the NFL has come a long way with treating a player like this. Cause I think five years ago, maybe 10 years ago, he probably would have been a top 10 pick just because of his frame and, and the speed that he supposedly has. I think the NFL has learned from guys like Josh Doxson, guys like, dare I say, Kevin White, where it's, you know, it's not just about being that type of player. You need to be more than that. I think Christian Watson was a great example of that, right? He went in the second round last year to the Packers. Um, and it, it kind of gave him more time to develop it. It was less pressure on him. And I think, you know, like I want that for, for this guy. Like I, I, you know, it's, it's kind of a shame to say like, you know, I don't want this guy going in the first round pick. I, you think I'm saying that in a bad way, but I'm really not. Like, I think it, it would do uh, a great benefit to him if, if that does happen. Um, he can, he can beat people one-on-one -on -one, though. I think that's one thing that I didn't hear too much, uh, you talk about, but like he can beat people one-on-one. -on -one. I think that's one of his strengths. Like if, if they don't put a safety over top and it's, it's him and one guy, like there's a good chance he's going to beat you because he is shifty enough. He's quick enough. Uh, the, the quick game, you know, he could always just like, you know, um, shift to, to quick game and, and catch a screen and take it for 15 yards. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where he's going to end up. And, you know, I, I guess the question to you, where do you think? Where do you think is a good place for him? 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting you bring that up, and it's it's a good point to where he's actually, I think he's quicker than fast when you watch him play. He he's he's quick and shows some quickness in his releases more so than downfield speed. So I think that that's a good point there. As far as uh, what's what's best for him and and sort of where he you know where ideally he should be taken, I see him probably as a top thirty-five to forty player where a lot of the hype going in was top 15, top 10 or 12. And and I think that's a little aggressive. I think he's, yeah, I would say probably top 35 player, but if he hits, he could have a top 15 type impact. It's just that there's a little more variance in his game um, to where you're not quite sure how he is going to end up. And so, yeah, I would have him probably yeah top thirty five. So in an all twenty two draft, once we're once we're in the third round or so of a rookie draft, that's kind of the range I'm taking him. Or if we're in a startup, I'm looking at maybe a, a wide receiver four or five, where I'm not putting him in my lineup right away, and I get a chance to see how he develops in the league, and if he does sort of take those next steps, takes those next steps in his game to where he could be a starter after a year or two in my lineup. Uh, I think that's a sweet spot for him. I don't want to end this podcast comparing him to Kevin White and, and <laughs> Dotson. Like, I don't think that's fair to him. And I also don't think he's Christian Watson, but I was curious if there was somebody else, you know, maybe you thought he plays like. You're, you're the comp guy, right? Yeah, I am definitely not the comp guy, but Christian Watson was just who I thought of watching him because it was the same thing. It was like, oh, the hands are kind of inconsistent, but he makes these big plays and he's kind of raw. And that's the thing, right? TCU didn't have him running all types of routes, right? They, like you mentioned, it was the screen game, the quick game, and then deep downfield or some over routes. That's about it. He doesn't. And I think part of it is just his ability and how he's built, right? You don't want this guy necessarily running a 10 yard uh, dig or an eight yard out or anything like that, because that's not really using him to his strengths. So, uh, he doesn't run the full route tree and I'm not sure I would want him to run the full route tree in the NFL either. I think you just have to use him at what he's good at, which is you can threaten a defense still by being a threat in this quick screen game or the quick slant game. And then also the ability to just beat someone over the top. That's enough. Cause now you can beat the, the defense at two levels and they have to respect them both. So um, he's raw, but he's dangerous at the same time. And he doesn't need to be complete in order to be dangerous. Okay. Well, Ray, we did it. We, we finished talking about the offense. It's kind of a, it's a sad day, right? Like the offense was fun. This is a, you know, it's not the, the best class for sure, but, but it's a, you know, nevertheless, it's a, it's a lot of fun to be able to do this. So next week we're going to be starting on defense. Um, so you're going to want to tune in. So thank you everyone for tuning into this one. And if you haven't yet, give us a follow wherever you, um, wherever you have uh, social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at all 22 underscore PFF, and then leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Thanks again. I'm a ghost.